And welcome back to another Micro <laughs> Quick podcast. Great start. Great start. Uh, we've actually got a good amount to talk about. Um, yeah. A lot of ranting in this one, most likely. Um, it's going to be rant city today, folks. Oh, yeah, definitely. But uh, I will say this if you are a fan yeah. of the Bruins, the Flyers, or uh, the Canucks, I believe, lost. No. Yeah, the Canucks lost last year. Yeah, Canucks right? lost. Yeah. yeah. If you're a fan of either of those teams and you're it's looking not for any – Oh, no. If, and if you're looking for something to maybe forget about your team losing or distract you a bit <laughs> from your team losing, <laughs> yeah, check out our YouTube page on our Wimmer Quake YouTube page because we had a video come out today, and honestly, we haven't talked about it. I haven't gone on since we last podcast with Babs. Uh, but that honestly might have been one of my favorite, one of my more favorite podcasts we've done together on that one. And we had a video um, come out today on us talking about our college stories. Remember that? We were talking yeah, about no, that. Yeah, no, that I remember. But, um, sorry. So on that, we were talking yeah. about our uh, contracts, my Jeff, uh, Brian and I's uh, contract extension on Friends and also yeah. the uh, unofficial official critiques on uh, the Christopher Nolan Batman Christopher series. Nolan Batman series, yeah. But there was uh, when I was reading when we were when I was looking back on it on like editing and everything, mm. I was laughing out loud. Like, those stories and everything were so great. Oh, if they're you, phenomenal. If you wanted to look on that, the one college one I put we put out today, uh, earlier today, and it, I would really suggest watching it. Granted, it's twenty minutes long. The Office and Family yeah. Guy and South Park are equally as long. <laughs> but honestly, take it from me, I know I'm a little biased here because it's our podcast. Yeah. But it, truly doesn't feel like 20 minutes it's really really funny even some of those moments were told earlier on the podcast but they're so funny in those moments and those college stories perhaps really two weeks not realizing he was taking the wrong history class uh yeah that was so many no, great the, the one that so always gets me ones. though was the one where he told he told us about how he failed the the exam even after his professor curved the exam oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah. i laughed so hard every time but no last time i laughed oh you did during the podcast i was actually crying i was crying because i was laughing so hard and i'm sure you can see me start crying because i'm laughing so hard though honestly i don't know why it's It's right under this podcast under this podcast you want to listen to the whole thing we're breaking down each highlight that we talked about I may have a rare Monday video come out because uh, I really want to get the part where you accidentally uh, get out of the podcast. Oh, yeah. That makes me laugh every time. <laughs> yeah, I swear it wasn't for any other reasons. It's fine. It's cool. Anyway, honestly, if, just check that out. It, it, it'll kill 20 minutes, maybe an hour. The whole podcast is up. It's only an hour long. It'll yeah. make you distracted a bit and forget your troubles of your team struggling last night or yesterday. But because of that, Basically. we do have to get into actual hockey now. Um, and yep. <clears throat> obviously, there was the whole uh, two days off there for the league, rightfully so, uh, yep. taking a stand there. And obviously, not there's going to be some backlash to that. But it was great there. I don't really want to get too too into that. No, um, but it was that's good to see. But because of that, uh, the weekend games have kind of been pushed back. Uh, obviously, the Flyers game last night was pushed from noon to. Eight o'clock. There were three seven. games last night. Or seven, sorry. Tonight's eight o'clock. Tonight is eight, yeah. Yeah. There were three games yesterday, three games today. So uh another back to back series as well. Uh 
as Vegas also announced, Flurry is starting for uh, Flurry tonight. Uh, Flurry is starting yeah, I was for gonna Vegas say, tonight. I, I don't, I don't think Vegas technically announced it, but there's been rumbles of uh, from some analysts that cover Vegas that again, like Mike just said, Mark Andre Flurry is starting tonight, most likely, mm-hmm. which is against good um, yes. against Vancouver. And uh, I think that's perfect segue into the stat head here, Mike. So yesterday's scores, uh, speaking about that Vegas game, they uh, shut out the Canucks 3-0. They are now up two games to one. Alex Tuck, Zach Whitecloud, and Mark Stone each get a goal. Um, By the way, I was looking – and again, like when we break down uh, teams and everything, I'm going to bring this up again. but. When this happened, someone tweeted this out last night, and it actually uh, it made me chuckle. I'm, again, I'll bring this up later at another time, but right. let me find it here real quickly. It's about Vegas and when they got um, uh, Alex Tuck. So, and this is going to make you laugh, too. So, during the expansion draft, the Minnesota Wild traded Alex Tuck to Vegas so that way, they would take Eric Halla. I mean, that's not even the worst. The worst one's Florida, so. No, well, I know, but. Um, that. <laughs> but so, like, like, it's just, and again, this is for the Seattle Kraken eventually. Like, if you're Ron Francis, you need to hit up teams and basically try to fleece them as much as possible. Other examples, um, you know, everyone knows about the Florida trade, and then. Vegas got two picks for Columbus to draft William Carlson and Shea Theodore from Anaheim for agreeing to take Clayton uh, Stoner. Yeah. So, again, Ron Francis, just follow what Vegas did. You should be fine. It's going to be a little rougher now just because of the whole – right now, I don't know if they're going to be yeah. – it's not going to be a lot of taking big contracts or anything, so it's going to be interesting to see how they work that um, everything. And again, like as the time gets closer, and, uh, and obviously, like once the season ends, we can talk more and more about Vegas. Yeah, I mean, uh, sorry, Seattle. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I I really think that Seattle is going to get off to a really good start, and I I'm very excited, but also a little anxious to see how well they're going to do in right. the expansion draft. Yeah, obviously, one big thing that did happen yesterday was in that Boston and Tampa Bay game. If you remember correctly, yeah. Jeff, and that was the hits on um, the Nick Ritchie hit. Was it yep. on Yanni Gord, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was correct. And luckily for Yanni Gord, he came back into the he game. He played the rest of the game to, yeah. to even though it looked like he so, could have easily messed up his shoulder going to the yeah. Board. So I'll put it this way. Actually, I don't. You know what? I wish I came more prepared. I think it's on my shelf over there. Ah, Jeff, I you're such the, an underachiever. God. I am. What are you gonna do? But I have. Oh, the that's official. why you're on our podcast. There you go. But no, I have the 2019-2020 official NHL rulebook here, and I want to – what are you going to do? I mean, I have my own custom-made Stanley Cup in the back corner over there. Yeah, we know. It's in in your shot almost every podcast. I I, I, I like to include include Lord Stanley. Oh, my gosh. I'm tired. Anyway, but no, because the rule I wanted to look up was about five-minute majors because – Nick Ritchie, when he hit, he hit, made that hit on Yanni Gord, he got a five-minute major, but no game misconduct. Yeah, That is an actual thing. I was just talking about, to my dad about it the other night, showed him the replay and everything last night. He's a longtime hockey fan. 
Yeah, he said it does not have to be a five, or it does not, even if it's a five-minute major, it does not have to be game misconduct. It's not. For whatever reason, I was always under the impression. Then no. again, it always seems like five-minute majors I think are goes, almost always nowadays. I think they were. I think because of the Sandheim hit, they reviewed that hit. Yes. I think nowadays, I think they're reviewing them more. For mm-hmm. some reason, that one just wasn't deemed worthy enough to really go into being ejected from the game. I, I personally thought it was enough. Um, if you look at the replay, Yanni Gord was one, he wasn't even close to having the puck anymore. Two, he was again, he was watching the play and he's getting ready to take a stride when bam, and you see he's not prepared at all to brace the yep. hit because he's not expecting one. But three, look how far away he is from the boards. He got so injured on the, the play boards, at yeah. first. He still hit the boards, but you know, he's just slightly far enough mm-hmm. away. But I mean, luckily all in he all, wasn't it was in a such worse, an awful hit. Yeah, luckily he wasn't in like a worse position to hit the boards. Yes. Um, but one thing I have to say, and it was Ty Anderson um, who tweeted this out. It, it was just because of uh, he was quoting Bruce Cassidy, the hit on Yanni Gord, he, or, or just in Yanni Gord in general. Uh, Cassidy had this to say, good player, clever player, obviously. Got them on the power play for five minutes, finished the game with no problems. Now, I get it if a player gets hurt and he finishes the rest of the game, whatever. But you're one one of your players just boarded the crap out of this guy and you're giving him crap and you think he's basically faking an injury? Mm-hmm. You're out of your mind, Cassidy. That, that, I, I, I'm Hold sorry. On. That's not Cassidy. That's Mike Milbury in disguise. Oh, you're right. <laughs> you're right. I should have known. Yeah. Former Boston Bruins player, former mm-hmm. GM, I think. And Let's not forget the Muslim thing. He thought he was diving on that play. Yeah. So why yeah. wouldn't he, you know? You're right. That makes sense now. But all in all, it's such a bad look. Oh, for uh, oh just saying. He absolutely would have said the same thing if, it was, if he actually was oh still. Oh, my God. Yeah. He would have said worse. But here, here's my point, though. I like Bruce Cassidy. I think he's a great guy. I think he. You know, is a phenomenal he's a finalist coach. for the Jack he's a Adams. finalist for Jack Adams. Yeah, but I lost respect for him after a little bit of respect for him for saying that comment right there. Your player boards another guy into the boards. He's a five minute major. It's your own damn team's fault for not finishing the game hard, for not playing hard enough, and not trying to rebound. You know, obviously it puts you at a huge disadvantage because it's on five minute major, as we all know. You can score as many goals as you want, but it's not like the players, you know, again, you just got to coach a little bit better. You got to, it's a huge moment in the game, a game changing uh, moment that you got to figure out, okay, shorthand for five minutes, it can score as many times as they want. You know, you got to adapt. And you got to adapt and you could easily be like San Jose last year and take big advantage of it. So Exactly. Um, but so here's the I thing. I think this though. year in particular, for, for Cassidy, because of though, that, it's he shouldn't have said that. It's such no. an awful take, and I get it. Uh, Gord Fincher is the defend, game. I get one to defend your player too. Right, but that that's just that's just a plain old stupid comment right there, in my opinion. You know, yeah. that pisses away one off, and whatever. I don't even care anymore. I'm too tired to care right now at this point. <laughs> yeah, I, we got I our guess, own series to worry about. Yeah, but sticking with that Boston 
Tampa Bay series because I saw someone tweet this out everyone was literally like two seconds ago saying that if they can't beat the Lightning without McDonough and Stamkos that they're this too far away. This is what I was hearing from. bring up. That's this not even a- that's not even true. First off, I disagree heartedly or full heartedly with that uh, tweet. This is what I was going to bring up with you. So the exact tweet was from NBC Sports Boston's Bruins insider Joe Haggerty. The unfortunate truth for Bruins fans is this. If the Bruins can't beat the Lightning when they are without Sam Kiss and McDonough, they're a long, long way from winning the Stanley Cup. They were just in the Cup Finals last year. They well, didn't that, even have to face Tampa Bay last year. Well, that and McDonough's not even their best defenseman. And He's not. Stamkos on that team is I mean, almost... He is, like, the, way, the way Stamkos, McDonough's been playing because of how, this year, he's been good, but it's clearly still Victor Hedman. And also, not only that, but Mikhail That Sergeyev. team is so deep that it, he's almost replaceable. Stamkos. He kind of is. Uh, again, like, it just... Again, both Stamkos and uh, McDonough, they're very, very good players, but they're out with injury. If you win, Tampa goes, if okay, Hedman, that's fine. If Hedman was adapt, look what we're doing he still. was after that, fly, that last round Robin game, then sure. Then I would have agreed with that tweet saying, okay, yeah, this is maybe you're falling out of that Stanley Cup contention. But yeah. that team, that Lightning team is really deep. It's not, uh, it's not the fact that the uh, Boston isn't as equipped. It's that they don't have the depth to compete. Yeah, they have that great first line, probably the best line in all of the hockey. Now, you can make the argument for the McKinnon line, but that's easily yeah, probably but the best it's line. It's a very hockey. good line. So I'll, I'll, I'll put it this way. So looking at Tampa Bay Lightning's lines, Andre Palat, Braden Point, Nikita Kudrov, that's your first line. That's already ridiculous. And Alex that's the line. Lauren, I'm Anthony assuming... Sorelli, Tyler Johnson, second line. Here's a strong third line. Barkley, Goudreau, Yanni Gord, and Blake Coleman. Fourth line, Pat, uh, Pat Maroon, Cedric Hatt. And this doesn't make sense, but it says Luke Shen on the fourth line. Because they're doing 7D, man. Ah, well, there you go. But that's just a mistake and a half right there. But looking at your defense, though, Hedman, Cernak, Sergachev with Shattenkirk, Coburn with Bogosian. Look – if you can't get – I'll put it this way. If you can't get the puck by Luke Shen and Braden Coburn, that is just pathetic. Their careers have been dying down for the last three to four years. They've been awful. And if you can't get the puck past those two guys, you can't get uh, basically a trash can. Like, it's it's a joke. So, yeah, it gives I will Tampa say Bay more depth. I will say this. Yeah. Luke Shen played eight minutes. Coburn only played 11 minutes. They're barely playing, but Goshen even barely played exactly. too. So right. for, for that sake, John Cooper knows these guys aren't that great. Uh, no. But for, for so some reason, they made, this, they made this weird change. After, I guess mostly because McDonough went down. They felt their defense wasn't as great, good without him, with him in the lineup. So they felt they had to bring in as many potential bodies in there to try to shut them down. And they picked up Bogosian um, late off of waivers earlier, yeah. or uh, towards the end, right before the um, the shutdown. Yeah. Also, let's not forget th- that D can be complete shit outside of that. You have to beat Adam- yeah. Andre Vasilevsky. Exactly. Andre Vasilevsky is one of the best goalies in the league. I, besides Carey Price, I really think Vasilevsky is, if he's not the best goalie, he's the second best goalie in the league. Yeah, I agree. He could. Uh, it could have easily been probably in my 
I know Tuco left because of uh, family reasons. good reasons, family reasons, and everything. And that's fine. That's more than three, okay. It could have easily been the top three goalies in the league face, facing each other. Two of the top three yeah. goalies. Easily. Uh, and I'll put it this way. Hawk has been pretty sharp so far. In He's let a, a couple general. shaky goals. Last night was a – or yesterday afternoon, I should say, was a little bit of a different story. He looked actually relatively shaky for the first time in quite some time. Uh, the goal by Palat, I believe. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it was Palat's second goal. It was, it was, yeah, it was second goal. That's right. Because it was it coming was off a, a rush and goal. he just saw it like last, somehow he got, saw it like last second. So, yeah. He just but um, I'll, I'll, I'll put it this way, though. So, and this is looking at um, Tampa Bay's stats and everything. Because, again, I just want to show you how good they were during the regular season. So they had um, – their highest scorer was Nikita Kucherov, this prize with 85 points. Stankos played 57. He had 66 points. They, they had um, four players who had 50 or more points. You had three players in the 40 to 49-point range. And then this is where it gets, you know, crazy. Four players in the 30-plus points range. Kevin Shattenkirk had 34 points this year. I mean, he is an offensive defenseman, but... Right, but again, like, again, think back to, you know, when he struggled greatly the last few years. It's so great to see him find his game and his confidence again. But 34 points, again, that's what you're getting in a good depth defenseman now in Kevin Shattenkirk. Again, you have some... Yeah, you know what happened? They did the exact exact opposite of what the Flyers did with uh, McDonald, where he was always on the first line. Sean Kirk's no longer. They actually put him where top yeah. six caliber D men. He is bottom pair. Yeah. Uh, some some of the other guys, like, like they even got twenty three points out of Pat Maroon. That's a, that's impressive. Yeah, for a depth player. Again, all these depth guys. You know, Yanni Gord, 30 points. Tyler Johnson, 31 points. All these second, third, and fourth liners, they're mm-hmm. putting up points for the Lightning. And that's the, that they brought – Well, when, during the regular season, again, yeah. and you're seeing it in the playoffs too. You also see – I know we both questioned some of the moves, maybe giving up a little too much for uh, Barkley Gaudreau or Blake Coleman because, you know. Absolutely. they obviously brought him in because they wanted a little more grit so they can't just get hit around and – and, and you saw that big time. So, and, and the huge difference between Tampa Bay last year and this year, again, not only the even more depth, but again, they got bigger bodies. They brought in Pat Maroon. They brought in, like you said, um, even though I don't, th- I didn't Barkley Goodrow and Blake Coleman. Yeah, they gave up a lot, but you're showing why they went out and got those guys and were so aggressive at the deadline. Excuse me. Um, during the sweep of uh, from Columbus last year, they got pushed around like it was nothing. They got picked apart like cotton candy. They really – their bodies were getting yeah. tossed around left and right. Everyone kept getting hurt. They kept getting slammed up against boards. But this first-round series against them this year, yeah, they beat them in five. They're all very close games, though. But Tampa Bay gave it right back to the Blue Jackets, and you saw it, and you're seeing why – Again, the depth and the physicality of these players and what it—they're finally really, playing. They're finally they're playing finally as how they're pa- their how they look on paper. 
on paper that should be the and lightning every year. Every year there it should really be It really should be. It, it's literally like a freaking cheat code. Yeah. So. It's really um, like playing. Right, it's so like if you. So that. <laughs> nah, never mind. Um, geez. But anyway, so there's that. But uh, the other thing I will say was, uh, and the Flyers Islanders game will probably break down a little, little bit later in this That's podcast. That's what majority of this podcast is going to be. Tyler yeah. Pitlick. Yeah. <clears throat> Islanders won 3 1, take a uh, 2 1 series lead. Ma- Matt Martin, Luke Komarov, and Islanders lead all scoring. Well, yeah, I'm trying to finish up here, but we keep jumping around. <clears throat> yeah. Random tangent. Hey, oh yeah, big time. Uh, Andre Palat, two goals. Nikita Kucherov, two assists. Uh, you had he- Victor Hedman, Zach Whitecloud for Vegas, Pitlick, Martin, Leo Komarov, all getting one goal. Uh, Robin Leonard, 31 saves, shutout. Uh, Andre Vasilevsky, 29 saves, 30 shots, 0.967 save percentage there. Samon Varlamov, uh, 26 saves, 27 shots, 0.963 save percentage there. <clears throat> yep. Today's game, 6 p.m. start between Colorado and Dallas. Uh, Colorado, uh, they are down two games to one. Uh, Philadelphia, they're down, of course, two games to one. That's an 8 p.m. start. And Vegas is up two games to one in their series at 3 p.m. start. So, and all three, I lied, not all three games, uh, but Western Conference games i'll play this way both the conference games are on on nbc sn and philadelphia's game is on nbc yep <clears throat> now the sad head is over so we can carry it yeah if we don't keep freezing every two seconds <laughs> yeah right um i didn't i honestly didn't really see obviously because it was later i didn't see any of the vegas games so i don't really have much oh no i didn't I, I was dead asleep um, i was exhausted yesterday and plus yeah. i was too pissed off of watching the flyers game so yeah exactly uh which i guess we can uh, just kind of jump into that you know whole shit show yeah so the flyers you know yuck it seems like every bad law lo- every loss they have for always like this is the worst loss of the season this is the worst loss of the season. and it just keeps getting worse yeah, even though for in terms of not getting blown out, it wasn't really the worst. And if it wasn't for yeah. two, I say puck lucky, kind of dribble by Carter Hart. It could have easily been one one, but also Carter Hart kept them in the game. It could have easily been six one. Yeah, the Flyers just don't uh, look great. That second I, period, that second period in particular. Lie. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. There were a lot of moments where you, you know, again, even though uh, Carter Hart led maybe, definitely won, maybe two, you could say, you know, softer goals. I blame it. They all may be a them, softer goals. All, I, of them, sorry. all of them were caused because of the Flyers' turnovers. On one play, they the Flyers turned over the puck three times on the same shift. Yeah. Third one was from Kevin Hayes. I still don't know if it was Kevin Hayes who technically poached towards Matt Morton or whoever it was, or Matt Barzell getting the, the puck on and passing it. But either way, three turnovers on the one play led Matt Morton's goal. 
that's just unacceptable. And Kevin, these, Hay- Kevin Hayes just turnovers. Kevin Hayes just stopped playing after he turned it over twice. It was it was beyond frustrating. And even um, and the other goals, even outside of the turnovers, the defense just wasn't great on the plays. I just and yeah, the one right, goal was so, a little close to say if it was offsides or not, but I don't think Vigneault wanted to get blown. So, no, so there get, was someone got into that, uh, and they said it was uh, according to AV, it was clearly onside. Yeah. Um, and he wasn't going to even bother challenging it. Yeah. So I assume also because last game too, and and that too. He said without a doubt the second Isles goal was not offside, you know. But again, and as Charlie pointed out, you know, wish we as viewers could have seen an angle that made that more clear. Because yeah. the first entry right away when the puck went up high and, uh, and the guy caught it, I I thought that's offside. That's hands down offsides. Yeah. You got to blow that dead kept playing and playing and playing goal and I thought I mean that's a horrible goal regardless but this looks offside this should get taken back they didn't even show that close that good replay they didn't show another angle I thought well I guess it doesn't even matter now yeah but what hurt the most was that second goal was with five seconds six seconds left by Leo Komarov left in the period on the power play I believe it was too um that was a third goal. Yeah. <clears throat> so, oh, yeah, that was the one where I – yeah. And that one I was really mad at Haig. Yes. Uh, the Flyers – and this is what blows my mind. They only gave the puck away nine times, but it felt like 50. And three of those nine times were on one shift. And yeah. that's just – And honestly – Absolute trash. A lot of it was the Flyers' mistakes. The other fact, you do have the – give credit to the Islanders and they've just their forechecking has just been and obviously their boring way of clogging up the neutral zone has really yeah. uh, worked for them so far and again it's working for them against the Flyers so uh, you hope that at some point the Flyers because on paper the Flyers are a much better team than the Islanders again on paper now on the actual ice, the Flyers are making like making the New York Islanders look like the Presidents Trophy winners, right? Now. Also, the Islanders fucking thank the Capitals every chance to get because they were too cheap to re-sign uh, Barry Trotz as a head coach. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's a fireball offense for me. Just saying. <laughs> For Cap- Washington's uh, sake. Other stats, though, uh, giveaways. The Islanders somehow had 13. Didn't seem like it, but they had 13 giveaways. A lot of block shots. 18 to 14 in favor of the Islanders. They outhit the Flyers 36 to 33. There's only three penalties called the entire game. A very loose uh, game called. And I want to talk about that for a split second, Mike, because I saw so many penalties that were Clear as day, no matter what time of the year. Early in the game, playoffs, who was it? Including in the playoffs, should have been called. There was a moment where it was Matt Martin, of course, who was tangled up with one of the Flyers. He was full on just, like, basically laying on him there I, in, like, a little I bit of I will say, I think yeah. I think as the play was going on, I think Verby may have been holding onto his stick as well on that play. And, and, I will and, give again, him... and again, and that's possible, too. It was hard to tell, but from the initial angle, and, and even if, if everybody was holding on to the stick, call too. it four and four. Call yeah. it four and four. Don't go 
again, I hate when they only call the it one. The one play. I had a problem with was the Myers one. Because you could exactly that was the other three one I things had a huge problem with. Three things I would have called tripping, kneeing, or knee foot. Knee. Um, I he took his like he took his leg out from under him. Again, I gotta see the because again they never shoot the replay. This is the problem that I have with these broadcasts. They don't then they show never, the right replays, and, and they don't. Back, and Myers was down for like a second. And they didn't really seem to go back. No, to saying no Myers one, was hurt. no one blew the whistle. No one did anything. So the thing is, and I will came, say, uh, thankfully he came back into the game, so. which is great to see. But again, like for a split second though, it looked very bad because it did. again, knee on knee, slew foot, you know, trip. And then he went whatever down, you want to call he it. He went down grabbing his knee like shit. Yeah, no, he went down as if it was almost an ACO kind of knee yeah. grab right there. And and uh I thought, really? No, I, I get you're calling this loose, but you gotta call this. Another it's, one it's getting I, too much. They even showed it in the first period. I think it was either I forget if it was Clutterbuck or Sasikas. He just for some reason, clotheslines connect me when he was going out for no reason. Yeah, I don't think I saw that one, no. Yeah, it was just at one point he was going off the bench and that's randomly either not really cross-checks, but he gets a stick up high on connect me and nothing was called. And right in front that's of the fun. official too, I believe. Yeah. I mean, the only good thing is they're doing it both ways. They're swallowing the whistles. And the two penalties that were, were called on the flyers, they were actual penalties. Literally the one slash... Hague stick broke because of his slash, and the other one was another slash. And so Anders, on, Anders on Lee, the play that where Hague got the slashing penalty, yeah, he was going for a slash, yeah. But what was interesting was Pajot, he was lifting his stick up kind of thing, kind of two on one, you know, stick against stick yeah. kind of chop, and 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 Hague's stick exploded. So, and then they almost scored on themselves. I was. I was. I would have lost it. I would have because it was still two two at this point. Or two yeah. one. So. No, it was uh two one, if not even three one, when this happened. I think the, it was three. It one. was two one because that goal came on that power play. That assumed uh, the power okay, play they scored. Because I remember, because I will just say that game. I don't think Jeff and I were angrier over texts. <laughs> oh my god! I because I, I believe at one point. <laughs> Excuse the expletive. I when Hag had the penalty, I was like, "For fuck's sake, Hag!" Yeah, because <laughs> right. I knew they were uh, going to score on that. I knew they were going to score on that power play. Yeah, he just—he had a pretty rough game. I, it wasn't the roughest because that was Braun. Yeah, it just. Oh, I can't wait to break down the Flyers' off-season moves because. I I think Chuck Fletcher has done a great job bringing in certain guys and everything, but if he does not let Justin Braun and Nate Thompson walk, if he I'd resigns them, I'd honestly be okay if they let Derek Grant walk. And Derek, I mean, he's only seven hundred thousand. I don't really care about that. But if he mainly signs those two guys back, Braun and Thompson, I'm gonna, I'm not yeah. gonna be happy. And, and I I've got I've spoke with Chuck Fletcher before in, in person one or two times. Very nice guy. Ooh, and Jeffrey, I, I know I'm fancy, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I, I would, I would, if I were to ever see him in person, I gotta say, Chuck, I'm sorry, but you need to get shoot these guys into the sun right now. They're um, playing god awful. Um, you could have easily made that thing for either AV or Chuck Fletcher, whoever made that last decision that uh, Raffle should be sitting. Last oh, night. yeah, and that too. Why is Michael Raffle 
Why was he arguably you can make the argument for has maybe been your best player throughout the whole playoff so far? Who even was hurt at one point? when he re- made his return, he had that gorgeous snipe against Carey Price in that yeah. two-one or two-nothing victory against yeah. Montreal in the first round. Why take him out? What benefits you from taking out Raffle? The only thing I can think of is maybe he's hurt again. I don't know, but even if he's hurt, a lot of these players would want to play. Everyone was saying the same thing for Lawton too when he sat out for the one game. Yeah, and, and, and again, it was, it, hey, as bad as the Flyers looked, the one lone bright spot outside of Carter Hart for Lawton, the most part, outside JBR, of maybe some, and um, Pitlick. Pitlick, thank you. He was moved up to the third line, and Pitlick. Yeah, got them and, and that line looked tremendous. Uh, their forechecking was amazing, easily, and, and they, they easily great. the third line's best game, at least to start out. That as the game went on, they went a little disappeared a little bit, but JVR, you can tell he got um, that coaches took notice to how well he was playing yeah. because near the end of the game that last power play the one power play the flyers had he was net front he was on the first unit yeah. but again and and that's my other big concern with philadelphia do you not learn from your own success look what they did in montreal for the few times that they did it look what they did for the first goal of this game get bodies in front of the net good things happen if you can even said why they got their go their lone goal of the game they had JVR and uh, Tyler Pitlick was smart enough, to, smart enough to take the shot when there's mm-hmm. literally three guys in front of Samon Varlamov and the puck went in. What do you know? Get bodies in front of the net. Also, how do you go nearly 10, 11 whole minutes without getting a shot in the second period? That really ticked me off right there. So all in all, the Flyers that was, game. That was all they, credit. That was, the Flyers, the, that was the Flyers' mistake, but credit, all credit there goes to the Islanders' play in that second period. I agree, and I'm, I'm getting to that in a second. It wasn't all just the Flyers playing bad. The Islanders played great. They stuck to their system. Barry Trotz Ugh. is Barry Trotz. But I'll put it this way, though. The Flyers, they need to be better tonight. They have looked flat. They look awful. They're, they stopped they've skating. Had, they yeah, stopped they've had moments. During the it was a, a three one you have, you know you're down by two you have a power play and you pull Carter Hart for uh, a six on four they're just standing around the on the ice they're standing on the ice just that's a literally great, that's a great transition Jeff because I do want to talk about that power play yes or just a power play in general because I didn't watch the whole <sighs> Lightning and Bruins game just the third yeah. period but I was able to watch both of other power plays the one the Bruins scored on and the other one that the Lightning yeah. I don't think scored on but in both those situations, on both their power plays, people with the puck and people outside of the puck are moving almost the whole time. The Flyers they just stand still. I th- Not only that. I'm going to blame most of that Ontarian. Oh, I'm blaming like 95% on Ontarian. But not only that, though, they make night. I literally, I didn't even have to watch the whole game for the uh, Lightning and Bruins. I just watched the highlights when they showed the power play. Look at their passing. Look at these nice, crisp passes. Mm-hmm. They're making nice, fast Hard passes, tape to tape, cross the ice, you know, nice and short passes. Doesn't keep it simple. Literally, it doesn't have to be these complicated fancy moves. Scott Lawn turned the puck over earlier in the game, tried to do between the legs deke around a defenseman, turn the puck over. It's why are you doing that? Even if you have the skill set to make the pull that move off, don't do it. Keep it simple. That's all you need to do to defeat these guys. That's what you did against Montreal. You snuck out a victory. 
he could have gone Montreal's way, and honestly, he probably should have gone Montreal's way. The uh, you know, and again, the Flyers got lucky; they really yeah. did, uh, because honestly, they were starting to have their play die down. But right now, the Philadelphia Flyers are not playing like a number one seed; they're playing like a no. number eight seed in a regular playoffs. Yeah. So right now, the Flyers they need to get their crap together. And the Islanders, I'm going to talk about them in a second. Before we before we transition there, I want to get your final thoughts on on the Flyers and how they played in Game Two and how they can really rebound game for three. Game Three tonight. Sorry, Game Three, and how they can rebound for Game Four tonight. Game Two, they won, even though they came back and almost lost. Yes, <clears throat> this was the one team I did not want the Flyers to play, and this was the reason why. That it I was, for was some okay reason, with them I playing. I would have. I would have. Much rather play the Bruins because I believe we could actually take them. The Islanders, for some reason, lately we just can't play up against. I don't get it. And it's basically you're a team of Barzell and Barry Trotz, knowing just play defensive oriented system. Varlamov, you didn't even test him last night. No, he's not a good. He's not a good goalie. He's average. He's an average goaltender. Make him busy. He he used to be a very sharp goalie. Uh, he, his play has definitely diminished over the years, but here's the one. Pro- I he's I do- he's a, he's still a pretty solid goalie, but the Flyers again, as they tend to do with a lot of goals, they made Varlamov look like a Vesna winning goalie. Oh again, yeah, and, he's nowhere near that. Also, but how I know how you know how Phillies fans and sports fans in Philadelphia keep saying sign JT Real Muto. Yeah. Why the fuck have the Islanders not re-signed uh, Matthew Barzell? Because they're stupid. It's Lou Lamorello. The guy doesn't understand how good his team is, or also like how how many anchors he has on his team. Got a lot of them. Well, I know two of them two scored. Two off. Matt Martin and two of them somehow scored last night. Also, put the cage off. This is in college. <laughs> Take the cage off. Put a full visor on if you're going to put the full face mask on. Yeah. Um, you you brought up a very interesting point. Also, I don't want to. I would say, love for someone to see this to happen. Offer sheet Matt Barzell. That'd be hilarious. I don't care if we lose picks. Offer sheet the heck out of it, man. I would love it. I would love if someone did that because preferably us. Let's look at these are the guys who at the most as per average annual, uh, their top guys salary wise for the uh. uh Islanders right now, and just saying, uh, Barzell, he's still on his. Uh, he's still on his entry level contract. I'm not, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. He is. He's got eight sixty three. So at first is Anders Lee, who I fucking hate. I think he's an asshole and should have been suspended a game for his hit on Backstrom. And Capitals fans probably agree with me on that. The one yeah. thing Capitals and I, well, Capitals fans and I will agree on. Yeah. Uh, Brock Nelson six million, Jordan Eberle five point five. Andrew Lad, five point five. Andrew Lad, also Andrew Lad, I believe, uh, spent almost all year in Bridgeport, and you're stuck with him until twenty twenty two, twenty twenty three. He played, right? Uh, uh, he played oh, you, four you know games. You, he yeah, played four yeah, games he, for the Islanders this year. Okay, yeah, I was gonna say because sorry, I I think I was getting him mixed up. Oh no, he's wow. Never mind. Never mind. Move, move on. Move on. Ew. Keep going. Ew. <laughs> Ew, yes. Ew, ew. So Josh Bailey, five million, three point five million. Cal Clutterbuck, three point three five million. Casey Sezikis, and then the one that c- bumps up next year, five million for 
Pajot, where the fuck are you going to find the money to spend on uh, Barzell? You're not wrong. In um, a couple of years when you have uh, to you know resign no. Pavillier. Do, do you know why? Andy I'll put Green. it this way. Andy Green and Tomas Grice, that's eight eight 8.33 mil between those two guys alone. If you're smart, you're going to get rid of Matt Martin, <laughs> who's making two and a half mil right there. But here's the issue. It's Lou Lamorello. Yeah. He's going to re-sign those guys. Yeah, he's yeah. going to try to re-sign Andy Green, who he spent a second-round draft pick on. <laughs> and a little bit more. He's 37. I know. Again, what are you doing? Um, the, so I'll, the main reason why I hate this team is because of Lou Lamarillo. I can't let a Lou, oh, you no, can't no. let a Lou Lamarillo team fucking make it to the conference finals. You just can't. No. Um, I'll put it this way though. I mean, I doubt anyone really because I don't see anyone coming if, close if, no, to I don't being think near the cap this year, this offseason. If but. you are the Islanders, if you were in Lula and Morello's shoes, what kind of contract are you giving Matt Barzell? Because again, also, also, yeah. The, how dumb are the Bruins that he could have been on the fucking Bruins? Barzell could have been oh, on the Bruins. They had three chances. Or you know what? No, he wasn't even drafted in 2015. 15. Yes, he was. He was drafted 16th overall. He was drafted in 2015? Yes. Oh, my God. He was part of that monster draft class? Yes, he was. The Bruins could have had him three times. <laughs> oh, and yeah, I can thank the fucking Oilers for that one. They, tra- they traded for a fucking first-round 2015 pack pick, which ended up being Barzell. Good. But hey, hey. Would you rather have Barzell on the Islanders or the Oilers? You know. Uh, let's be honest here. If fucking you can't bring back Tavares, you're not going to be able to bring back uh, Barzell. One, because let's be honest, who wants? Who, what big name free agent is going to want to play in the Islanders, the second team in New York, a team not that many. can't eat, the team that can't fucking figure out a fucking arena to play in? As you can tell, Mike's hatred for the Islanders is very Ugh. high. I hate them. They're boring to watch. Yeah. Anyway, um, I will say I knew, this about actually, the Islanders let's, really quickly, though. Uh, yeah, go ahead. I was I was gonna bring. I forgot. I had a couple of questions for. Wait, we could bring up for this segment for the Flyers and everything. Gotcha. Um, so Charlie O'Connor um, tweeted this out, and this is a great way to describe everything. Not to take away from what the Islanders are doing, they're playing extremely sound hockey and are operating at peak powers, but the big guns struggled versus Montreal too. This feels like more this feels more like a them problem. It does. So And this that was kind of one of the questions because we kind of hit the first question because I had a couple of questions. Uh what the Flyers are doing wrong, which you pretty much hit on the most part so far. How shall can they fix it? And then one last question of what needs to happen tonight. Um, if it were us, I think both of us are in agreement here, that even though I doubt Bronk comes out, but have Thompson out of the lineup. Uh, he's not as good as... It, the game last night and the series so far, it seems very much like a Hextall-Hackstall thing where because these guys have experience, they should play, even though their experience isn't really that good. Yeah. Braun isn't playing, even Niskanen. And most of the flyers themselves aren't playing as they did midseason. Thompson, I was already skeptical to begin with when we traded for him. Uh, Braun, I 
rely I forgot they give up a second and third round pick, which you know, for fucking Justin Braun for I know the beginning of the season, which feels like ten years ago. Yeah. Um, he didn't start out start out great. He played better, and now he's back to playing fucking Andrew McDonald level hockey. Uh, and then you have Thompson, who's playing uh, Dale Weiss, Yori Latero type hockey, and because he can eat. Because my way of fixing it for tonight's game is, and I told you this to just little slight things that I would change. Um, just take it game by game. If it goes seven, it goes seven. Uh, none of these games are going to yeah. be pretty, uh, but. If it is a them problem, last night after the game or this morning, I would have, if I was Drew or Contourier or Niskanen, one of the leaders, I would have gathered all the players together, have a player meeting, figure out what's going on, get to the bottom of it. If I'm the coaches, I'm having a coaches-only meeting, figuring out how we can break uh, their pesky forechecking and everything, how we can fix things here and there. And after that, I would have Elaine Vigneault and Chuck Fletcher sit down, look over. Um, I know Vigneault looks over film all the time, but the two of them mm. look over film, see what's not working. Hopefully, they see it's Thompson. Because believe it or not, the fourth line keeps changing, but maybe the one problem is the one person not taking off it. Yeah, that, that's honestly very well said. And you make a great point, Mike. Like, and when you thing, know, and, and the other thing is, why do you, and you brought up, a, you keep bringing this up all the time because it keeps happening. Why, of all people, do you consistently put out Nate Thompson's line against Matt Barzell's line? I know. That doesn't make sense. It's going to burn you. Oh, and guess what? It did last night. It did, yeah. And even the one, there was the one shift people were, uh, there was actually one good shift that fourth line had against Barzell. Yeah. And you know why that line did well? Because, uh, Ibe Kubel and um, Grant and the defenseman kept it in the zone. The one person, when it came out of the zone, that touched the puck, Nate Thompson fucked up on the blue line and it came out of the zone. Yeah. That's how that, that, how that, that's how that play ended. Yeah. And realistically speaking, if you just have Thompson center that fourth line, because he's not a third line center. Thompson's no, not, not even close. That's why you yeah, saw the third this line. Is all, this is why you gave up a, only a fifth round pick for the guy. And for uh, Grant, for I think the reason why the third line had it look great is Grant just wasn't third line cover, and you finally put Lawton back at first at, back at center, which he should be at at this point because he yeah. played well in the Rob Robin games when that second line was doing really well. They slowed down a bit, so going back to center is fine with me, especially if you if that makes uh, JVR on that line themselves better because we've seen it. And little bursts, this team can do it. I thought maybe they could break out uh, Kevin Hayes and Chuck Terry because in game two, they looked really good. The top six they did. They looked phenomenal. six looked bad. Last night, the third line looked good. Carter Hart looked good. Fourth line, everyone else, not that much. The fourth line in game two also at times looked surprisingly well. And the one going back to the Bar- the Bar- uh, Thompson against Barzell, um, I think more so last night in the tonight's game because they have uh last change they're not going to change anything there because they're going to work no. ourselves up why would line. they because why would they also, change anything? No, nobody outside of ibe kubo is going to be able to match his speed 
And Thompson's going to get beaten every time. Of course. Absolutely. And, and if you have Justin Braun out there, again, trying to help defend Matt Barzell, he is almost – he's probably slower than Andrew McDonald, which I didn't think was possible. And for some reason, his strength – you're talking about Justin Braun, right? Yeah. Okay. His one strength is supposed to be on the defensive end, right? <laughs> How come every time I see a goal or someone, or, uh, someone uh, scoring or a good chance for them – It's always on Braun. It's on Braun, and the guy's beating him in front of the net. He's getting muscled Again, off. it's like there's no contest. It's, there's just no effort, it seems, from, yeah. from Justin Yeah, and that's Braun. why I think these players should why. have an individual meeting. And I crap yeah. on Drew and the tough guys more because obviously that's a big part of it. Those, those guys haven't gotten, uh, haven't gotten a goal yet, except for Couturier, who just scored last game. Uh, and game two. Sorry. And, 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 and Hayes has two, but... Yeah, but one thing I forget, I think it was Kurt or I liked it. I'll bring it up in a second. I'll bring up the tweet itself because I, I yeah. agree to an extent. It's not an excuse, but I think this may play a lot into it because uh, playing in the bubble versus any other year, obviously yeah. you could at times you could maybe go back after a rough loss, maybe as like a Drew or Kateria who has a newborn, you go home, you decompo- decompress a bit, and you know. Be with your kid and your wife or your girlfriend for a little bit if your ghost are with their dogs. <laughs> but here you don't really have that. Yeah, and right. it's not the same doing it like this over a screen than it is in person. And no. the tweet was by uh, Scott T uh, from uh, Rush Street Hockey. And the tweet, uh, this is the whole tweet. It says, Flyers definitely need more from Katuri, but I can't bring myself to rag on him at all. Neither can I. Uh, that was me, not the tweet. Uh, that dude is literally missing <laughs> the first two months of his daughter's life in the bubble, and that has to be absolutely brutal. And I 100% agree. No, for literally, sure. And again, he's like, still wearing the bracelet from the hospital. I know, and it not has only to that, play a little bit into maybe why right. he's not. It, he's had moments of playing well, but not yeah. exactly. Ooh, Mickey the other Mickey thing. Uh, this is completely different, but Mickey Maniac's been added to the 60-man uh, player pool for the I did see that. So really quickly here, because I had, I wanted to talk to you about that. Some, I think it's Jim Salisbury. I forget who, but they're like, it's either – like there is a chance he could get traded. Deadline's tomorrow, and a lot of times if they're added onto that list, it's because they're getting traded or someone else is getting traded, so Maniac will fill that guy's spot. Which would be nice because I've been dying to see him play in the majors. So we'll see what happens. But for me, anyway, and I think that plays a little bit. There's some emotional kind of thing there. There's there's always going to be some emotional. It's not a a complete, like, you know, excuse for why these guys aren't playing well because they just aren't for some reason. Yeah, and and here's the other thing. One thing I I suggested also to Jeff before we got on as maybe a minor thing, maybe like the the Flyers' wives got in contact with some social media person that's following the Flyers or whoever. They Mm -hmm. get them into a room together and do like a surprise, like group Zoom or something with uh, Drew's newborn and his wife or Katuria's newborn. And as just like a little uplift. Just a little pick this, me up kind of thing. Just before this game. Just so complete forget the troubles you're having and just yeah. go out there. Because you can clearly see, just you can absolutely see clear as day how frustrated Drew is on the ice. 
Oh yeah, you he don't had, think he wants to score? He had a beautiful chance one time, and he broke his stick. I know. I, I saw that as him. I saw him one time. We go here. We go. This is gonna be it. He was oh, wide open. Yep. Oh, I know. It, it, it would have been phenomenal, but broken stick that ended that. So yeah. Yeah, but again, so and, and this is the one thing I will definitely have to say about this, and I'm glad you brought up the whole, you know, uh, newborn stuff with, with Drew Coots and everything. Again, th- I'm I, I I I'm not gonna lie. I'm not. I'm a little surprised that more players after Tuka Rass did not opt out to go back home. Um, again, because you want to be with your family, you want to be there to support them. Obviously, something happened. I believe it was with Tukarask's daughter, Sorry, and yeah. and that's all we know. And you know, again, like family comes first. It doesn't it does. matter if you're an athlete, if you're just whatever if your, your profession if it's your is. Dogs like goats yeah, who it, will run into a fire to save his dogs. If I die, I die. <laughs> I, die. I love goats. But I know. no, He's probably but in, all, seri- in all seriousness, though, family comes first, no matter what it yeah. is in life, and. People have got to respect that, and mm-hmm. and I don't want to make. And, and I I don't think that they will, but yeah, if someone like Tori or Drew were to opt out and go back to where their family is, you got to respect that. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying I wouldn't be get, surprised if they can get to the if, next yeah. round. Hopefully, to the Eastern Conference, I think they will allow some people to join the bubble. And by that yeah. point, maybe. But again, they'd actually have to take care of the Islanders first before right. that can happen. Um, and I, there's one other thing, and I, mm. it's maybe it's not controversial, but obviously those two days off or whatever from the league, pausing play or whatever, was right. But I think the Flyers may have gotten maybe a little bit screwed over by because they would have played the next night. And if you remember in that game two, they had. It, it they had all probably, the momentum. It, not at the end of the game. Well, <laughs> and overtime, which they could have brought into the next game. Yeah. But also, well, right. that's what I'm if, saying. You, like, it, if yeah. you remember correctly, Grice came into the game. So they yeah. would have had a question mark of who starts tonight. And yeah. the Flyers probably would have gone with Elliot because, again, Hart was on his head in that yeah. one. And you could have easily seen the backups yeah. playing that game. Maybe the Flyers could have taken advantage. And I don't think, For I'm not sure. going to make that as an excuse because obviously, an extra day off probably helps especially resting wise especially if someone's yeah. playing hurt like maybe connecting is because you or someone brought out a good point i don't think we've mentioned on the podcast yet no not yet but i will in a second i want you to finish your thought though which i guess you finished <laughs> maybe <laughs> but I th- anyway. obviously an extra day uh, an extra day off does help resting and maybe healing a little bit more but i want <sighs> Because the Flyers did come out in that game, mm. playing really well, and for some no, they reason, did. And again, they've it, had it always seems game after th- the first period they just yeah. stopped playing. Game one, they looked bad for the first two periods. Third period, they looked a little better. Game two, the first period was the best period they had all per- all playoffs, and then they just fell apart. And the Islanders found their game. Um, and then game three, you started out well, and then the rest you just kind of fell apart. You're just I know for the most part of the season, they haven't been able to play a full 60 minutes, but they're not even playing a full 40 minutes at this point. No. They're... Any, anyways, back to the, uh, the connecting thing. So I don't know what, it, what the whole tweet was 
is exactly or who said it. I feel bad because you know I like to give people credit for stuff that tweet when it actually is, it's a good thing to bring up and yeah. topic. This person last night I saw I, I can't I think I retweeted or, or liked it. I can't remember. I can't find it. But anyway, so they said it looks like Konechny or th- they think Konechny could be playing with a shoulder injury because they they were noticing that TK is not getting to the dirty areas or throwing big hits and he's shying away from some of these bigger hits that they've seen. Now, I haven't solely focused on TK, but looking at his individual play off the, is something to keep an eye out here for, for game four tonight. But just try to keep an eye out on him and see, could he be injured? Because, again, like he's still, it looks like he's flying around just fine, but when he's getting to the dirty areas like we know he can – and battling from the net and whatnot, battling for the areas throwing big hits, just checking people. Whenever he, he checks anything, he sees in sight. But it's interesting to me if this could be something to point out, though, is I th- if, if, I if he's not I'm trying really... to remember because I remember at one point, I forget if it was in the round robin or maybe against Montreal, he either went hard into the boards. Or I remember him taking some big hit. And I was like, "Oh, he looks like he might be hurt or something." Yeah, I, I think, think it you're was right. Upper body kind of thing. Um, and he was just what was. I forget what it was, but I remember it's being like, "Ooh, that looks kind of bad." Like I don't know. I think he even mentioned something over text to me about that. Yeah, I, we we got to look back at your text at some. Uh, we've touched it a lot, so that might take a while. <laughs> well, well no, again, we just got to look in the search bar. Right, but anyways, that's. He may be playing a little hurt, so maybe that's why. Um, but even so, uh, and I hate to keep doing this too because Farabee at times has fallen off, but that's the one problem Hayes kind of has. And not that Konechny and Farabee aren't great players and could and will be great players and Farabee's sake, but right now they're more so Farabee than Konechny they're still developing. So I think at times, especially in the rough parts of a playoff series, uh, Farabee does have that tendency to either blend in and not really show off, even though it, uh, he had a good moment or a good play at one point. Uh, and he always goes to the right area. He has great hockey sense. Yeah. It's just, He's phenomenal hockey. IQ. And I hate, I off think the charts. what his plan should be during the off season is, and I hate to say this, especially for a little guy, but build more muscle. Get a little more size into him. For TK, Fairby. Again, Especially like, if these, he's going to continue, that, if he's gonna continue to try to be. Yeah, if he's going to try to. Again, like as a rookie right now, he's still learning the game completely. Oh, he, yeah. He's a goat in the playoffs, absolutely. But, you know, I, I think he's he's trying to really focus on playing that uh, mm-hmm. game where he focuses on battling up against the boards. Yeah, a lot more he, and get into the dirty areas more. That's I think he should back but he, a little more. He's got to bulk up like on that saying. one. Yeah, if yeah. he's going to keep playing again, that role, don't keep doing that. And in a perfect example, look at how Nolan Patrick, when he was playing, had to really I'll bulk get, up I'll more. Get him in a second, if you really want to uplift, if you're a Flyers fan. Yeah, um, but again, like he's he got tossed around his rookie season pretty bad in up against the boards because. He, again, I could be wrong, but it didn't look like to me he was strong you, you enough can make upper an body for to, too. To, no, you, and you can. And a lot of these young guys, like it takes us. It, it's yeah. that jump from the the 
age, even the juniors, age, even though it's professional, the ju- the juniors, the yeah. AHL, it's not the same as when you're in the NHL. It takes some, t- it takes guys different opportunities and chances to get going. Um, as you've seen Farabee at times play really well, and the one yeah. goal against Montreal, he was net front, he was right in front of the net, he knows where to go. But yeah, uh, yeah, I'm assuming. T- Changes tonight will happen, and the obvious one I think will be I would hope Raffle so. coming back in, and Ghost coming in for Hague. Even though it would like Braun to come out, but he's not going to come out. No, um, I, I have a feeling both also, Braun and Thompson are not coming out. As much as we won't want them to, it's not going to happen. I'd, I I would see no matter who would be playing. If it wasn't for the Islanders, I'd be okay if we lost a series. I just would hate it if it's the Islanders. Okay, but yeah, I would still in any other series. I'd still be bitching a money as much as I am with this one. But <laughs> it's just Texas. more frustrating than anything. And again, yeah. the Flyers but you know, they were uh, I would hope they would expect a, a a long tough series like this against the Islanders yeah. because they play a very and, similar game like the Montreal Canadiens did against them. And it's showing. But again and I would it, lo- it doesn't also one yeah. thing I would love, I doubt it's gonna happen. I would love it if the random spark is Oscar Limbaugh playing tonight. Yeah. If that's it, that'd be fucking huge. Someone else said that as Jamie. well, and like that Jamie, Jamie Basco, who we uh, we talked uh, about possibly getting on here before. So we're gonna do what we can in the next, hopefully, a few podcasts to get Jamie on here as well. Um, so you know, we'll be in touch with him and hope to get him on. But um, you know, he, he pointed that out, saying like hey, that would be just phenomenal to to get Lindblom they said, in. They said uh, September. The, yeah, they said September and September. To is be coming. fair, sir. To be fair, it is August thirtieth. Tuesday is September first. Yeah. So Again, yeah, I think the Flyers yeah. actually had to win the series and play in the conference final for him to actually be able to play. I, I agree. Like, yeah. Uh, or he'd have to play like eighty-five percent, or not at at peak. Yeah. Um. But I will say this too. Um, even if the fl- and I kind of want in this little segment here on a kind of brighter note before we do our predictions and we have one last little segment too, uh, that's gonna be a little fun for us. Um, but I want to end because if you're an average Philadelphia sports fan watching the Flyers, or average Flyers fans, and you're over the and you're thinking, okay, even if the Flyers lose, well, see you in another eight years when you win another playoff round. And I get no, that thinking because no, in no. the past. The Flyers past couple of years, it's been very inconsistent. But this team, I don't think was a fluke year. I don't think this year's a fluke. No, year. I think the no, next couple of years you will con- see the same type of result for the Flyers, if not um, even better. And I'll give you the perfect example of this: the Flyers have yet this season, obviously for things you can't really control, have yet to play their best lineup. And that's and the scary that's part. That's even when Oscar Lindblom was in the lineup earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. Because, because again, Nolan Patrick was Nolan out. Nolan Patrick, and the the fact that how deep this team could be even more if, say, next year, this could be your lineup if you just bring back Pitlick, if that's the yeah. one guy you bring back. Uh, it makes a really tough choice of who's that twelfth person, but. So I'll and put it this way. Easily, and you can easily make your arguments either way for however you want to do this. But for me, as just a lineup, just going off the top of my head, yes, for next season, you could easily see 
Couturier, Drew, Voracek. First yep. line. That's solid, as always. Second line, Kevin Hayes, uh, Oscar Lindblom, Travis Konechny. Or you can easily put Oscar Lindblom on that first line, throw Voracek on yeah. the second line. That still works equally as well. Mm-hmm. Third line, if hopefully Patrick is, fun, uh, is playing, Patrick centers that third line. You have Joel Farabee on his wing, and he got yep. JVR on his JVR. other side. That leaves Michael Raffle, yeah. Nicholas Albequibel, and Scott Lawton. Slash Pitlick. Slash Pitlick. And right there, that's, that's, sol- a that's damn good line. That's solid. That I, I made this I made this comparison to you early this morning and right yep. before we got on, and yep. I don't think it's too too far fetched. And Top it's not. Wise, it really isn't. Depth wise, it almost matches the lightning. Maybe not talent wise. That's a depth. Not talent wise, but, but depth wise, it matches lightning in a way. And only, uh, only, you need a little bit more speed. Which again, Nash. That's not even mentioning. Like that's not mentioning fr- uh, frost or roof stuff, which I believe you will see more frost next year as well. And I really hope that's the case because Morgan Frost, I need to and get if you him don't bring back, in this lineup. If you don't bring back Durant or Thompson, those two move up in the depth chart in terms of center. Yeah, big time. Um, um, the other thing I will say The only about, problem there yeah. would be third pair because you don't know how – because you'd be Ghost Hag. Hopefully Ghost would go back to the old Ghost. I know we keep mentioning it. I really would like to see that. Uh, Cam York would probably need – is going to need another year in the college. So he's already uh, he's already going back for a sophomore and year. After that, if it sounds Zimula like he could be going pro. Right in the uh, training camp or whatever, I could. I wouldn't be surprised if you see him and Friedman being your extra. I don't. I don't think you're hurting Friedman being the extra. I think he's no, developed as well as much as he's he, going he's, to. He's a real solid defenseman. Um, and I, I'd like too, to see what him. You just thought of uh, earlier today. Um, I think I could be wrong because the seasons feel like it felt, feels like it's been mm. forever. But correct me if I'm wrong, but Morin should – I know he's probably not going to be the same in Morin's even farther down the depth chart, but wouldn't Morin at some point also come back? Yeah. If the season – even if the season starts in December, Sam Morin should be back and healthy by then. Yeah. Not that – it just adds another defensive body. Hopefully – And can, a big one. A big one, but hopefully he can get Literally. going because he's two GMs ago. <laughs> and unfortunately, he has had a cursed career. And, and I feel so bad for the guy. He's such a great guy, and uh, I re- I'm really hoping for all the best for Sam Moran. You know, I, I love the guy to death. I, I've been rooting for him ever since he got drafted. And he's just, like you said, Mike, it's been basically a cursed career, and it really just sucks seeing him not being able to play. He, yeah. He's worked so hard to be here. And he hasn't been able it to catch sucks. a break. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So why don't we transition to, well, want to do our predictions you want to make first? our predictions yeah, first? Yeah, let's do our predictions first. Yeah, let's then. do that. Move on. And then our other segment, Yeah. which we uh, think you guys will enjoy. So predictions, game four tonight, 8 p.m., Flyers. Islanders. I think, First of all, who do you think will be in net? Brian Elliott, I the backup, or Carter Hart, the starter? I think it would be Elliott versus Varlamov. I, I, I think so. Varlamov, or, or Varlamov has looked real solid and everything. Keep him well, it's that and also, I don't think too. he wasn't really that busy last night either. So He wasn't. So Carter Hart was a lot more busy, so I feel like he's going to mm-hmm. 
he could probably use um yeah you, you kind of honestly you you really need to I, this is just going to be uh, another nail biter fucking fetal position uh being in fetal game, position all yeah. night i'm gonna say two one final i'll say the flyers when they pull it out somehow um i'd say it's yeah. gonna be one one in the fire score in like the last couple minutes of the game there you go um goal scored. scored by claude Giroux. um i say brock nelson scores for the islanders and for the Flyers, the other goal. Um, let's go Shane. Let's go Shane Gossett. All right. If he plays. Which I think he will. I, I think so, yeah. Um, if, he doesn't guy, play, if he doesn't play, um, four check. Okay. Um, I actually have a, a relatively bold prediction. It's gonna twenty five affect. It's gonna affect not only game four but game five as well. Ooh. Flyers won game four, but they lose game five. Um, they won three once tonight. Konechny, Raffle, and Lawton all scoring, and because he's killing the Flyers, and because Nate Thompson will probably be. Probably be on the ice. Matt Barzell, the lone goal. Yeah, finally pockets one. Yeah. So that's my prediction here for game four. Yep. Alrighty. Now, fun time. Fun time. So Mike so, and I, uh, I think it was Mike who actually brought up this segment. He said, it was me or you? I, was, I made a little controversial statement last night in terms of teams I hate. And Jeff was not, just didn't get it. So or wasn't really understanding of my hatred because it said the pens and Islanders and all that. Uh, yeah, so we got decided... a sticky of who our top 10 most hated teams are. Yes. We're gonna go it doesn't from... have to be current teams. It can be past teams. It's basically just the franchise in general. Yeah. I'm, we're going 10, so... 10 first being the team we hate the most. Um, I think, Jeff, I know who his is going to be, but mine, it might Wait, be. Wait, do, do you mean starting at – we're starting ten to one, but one being the one we, the team we hate the most. Okay, sorry. The, the way you were there at first sounded so sorry. weird. I All changed right. my. I want to hear. I, I want to hear yeah. your number ten. My number ten. Ready for this? Oh, the boy. Buffalo Sabers. I hate them. I've hated them since twenty eleven. Since that playoff series. That's an interesting one. I because I, I, I I've been looking at uh they were literally, literally before yeah from what like like the middle of the twenty tens or whatever. Uh and for some reason I've always just kind of had a little hatred for them for Buffalo. Even though they're not really good, really, at all right now. Mm-hmm. Um and I will be honest, a lot of that before was because of Evander Kane and the shit he would do. But they also have Ocposo on there, and I don't like Ocposo. So, and they also had Shiri. I just hate wherever Shiri goes. I like it. Uh, you're gonna crack up at my number ten, and you might agree. The Anaheim Ducks. I see it. I but can see it. Slash, slash, because of Corey Perry. I cannot stand that clown, and I slightly hate the Dallas Stars because Corey Perry Got is it. on that team. I, I hate Corey Perry with a passion. He Ryan used to be a Getzloff, great player. Ryan Kessler. I get they have some. is a good player who I respect. Perry, I have no respect for at all. 
Yeah, but they're all I guys. Zero. They're all that same respect. type of player, though. That kind of. But Geslov actually is not a, uh, a, a you know a, a jerk and, and actually makes controversial plays. He has his moments, but yeah. he's not Kessler, nearly. Kessler annoying. is definitely that. Kessler gets under your skin. By the way, fun fact: the Flyers nearly traded for Ryan Kessler all the way back in, I believe, two thousand seven. That would have helped him a while. Oh yeah. Alrighty, number nine. Only because we were just playing them. Uh, and I've always had, kind of had a little hatred for them. Uh, Montreal, I think a lot of people kind of had that because of a lot of the older, older fans because of their a lot of the success from before times with Montreal. Um, I mean, Montreal has just never been a big fan of. I always kind of hated them, a little pesky. Mm-hmm. Um, as I've watched more in that series, I've grown to hate them more, the Flyers-Canadian series. I've grown to like Gallagher less, Domi too at times. Um, even though Domi's one of those That's players fair. that would be that way, um, they're just not one of my. It's not. Like, I don't. Like That's them. fair. Um, I, I, a lot of that's mostly. I w- if it wasn't for this year, they would have been a little lower. But I think just because we were just playing them right now, they're yeah. my nine. I, this is just going on mood and how I am today. My ten, top ten list will change, all the time. Yeah. What's your number nine? I know you're having, um, I know you're having difficulties with the ladder. I, I'm changing list. things around a lot, at, even as we speak. So I now have nine out of ten teams on this list. Okay. Uh, you had seven when we started. This one, it's – I'll put it this way. I don't hate them as much now as what they were like before. The Edmonton Oilers coming in number nine for me. Okay. This team was basically the juggernaut, the New York Yankees of the 80s. They were always winning, always getting the best players, and they were such a – obviously, I was nowhere near born, but just looking back at highlights, my dad told me all the stories about how the Oilers played. You weren't played. born in the 80s? No, I was born in uh, 1990, as you can tell, Mike. I just missed the 80s, so. Yeah, it took you a second to realize what, year, what years you were born. <laughs> When, when, no, I was trying to be sarcastic for a second. Oh, got you. Yeah. Anyway, it clearly failed. Uh, anyway, so it was because of the 1980s you know, Edmonton Oilers that, again, just and watching how they played their game and how good they were. But it was, it was a team you loved to hate because of how good it yeah, Mark argument for maybe an honorable team. I don't know if they're on your list or not, but uh, the Colorado Avalanche in the nineties, they're a other kind of pesky team. Are they on your list? Uh surprisingly no. No, but, but you could the also way they, they, the way they played, you could definitely argue yeah. that. Between Colorado and Detroit, you could yeah. probably argue that. Yeah. Uh I, neither of them are on my list. Uh yeah. Yeah, neither one of I, none of those are on my list either, but I'm just saying. No. Can, but no, that's a great question. point to make. Especially if you're an older hockey fan of the 90s or whatever, or that kind of time. Especially if you're a Red Wings fan. Yes. Um, who's your number eight? Number eight, uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Another team similar <laughs> to the Islanders that are very boring and yeah. even less talented than the Islanders. Um, and that they've pretty much just have uh, – what's his name? Uh Wait for Montreal. Or, wow, Montreal. Columbus. Columbus. Oh, uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois. Yeah, him. And obviously, 
Seth Jones, and Zacharinsky. Dave John Tortorella. I don't like him either. <laughs> That's another reason why I'm saying you don't like him. But no, there's actually a great article on The Athletic that goes over every one of Torts' incidents over his career, all of his fines and suspensions. It's really funny. Yeah, and also when he first got to uh, Columbus, they literally had a meeting with him saying, can you stop yelling at us because we, we don't like that. It's not helping. Hold on. I, I, I got to bring this up really quickly. Let me – so while you go the more to, uh, about Columbus and everything, let me find this article that was on the athletic about John Torero. It is amazing. I mean, my hatred for Columbus has definitely been more so of the more recent years because for the longest time they were kind of yeah. irrelevant uh, outside of really Rick Nash. But after they got rid of Rick Nash, Rick they were Nash. really nothing really. Um, and then they still yeah. came up. It's surprising what they were able to do this year after losing so many pieces. But yeah. I mean, really, uh, I know they're equally as boring as the Islanders, but, you know, I like Seth Jones. So that gives me a little more. Yeah, that's why they're my inner eight. I love it. But so he, John Tortorella has a huge rap sheet. So recently he was just fined $25,000. Back in January, he's fined $20,000 for criticizing the refs. And uh, they took um, a rare, the rare step was of issuing an additional $25,000 conditional fine that would be levied against towards if he had any more incidents in the next year, which of course only lasted eight months transfer, transfer so transfer. <laughs> i love Come on, it. everyone transfer, 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 transfer. all right you too <laughs> drink cage match. Uh, all right so number eight again. I, think the, I think the islanders and i need a cage match so yeah <laughs> of course cage matches work if it didn't, they would still be in the cage. Yeah. Um, What's your number eight? Again, a little bit now, but not nearly as much as it was back in the day. Montreal Canadiens, they were a pretty nasty team to play against. They were. Uh, I'll, I'll, the, a huge reason why I disliked them, but again, back in the day, it was they took out – I think it was Chris Chelius. He took out Brian Prop in game one or two of that series. But my favorite moment, Ron Hextall knew the Flyers were about to get eliminated. Game five, the puck went over by the Flyers, and he skated all the way up against the board, met Chris Chelius, and sucker punched him right in the face with the blocker. Love it, Hexy. Absolutely love it. Yeah, but Montreal back then just they pissed me off. They mm-hmm. really pissed me off, man. I changed. I changed my list. One oh second. boy! Just because you remind me of an older incident with my the team I was I was going to be next, but they just moved up one. <laughs> I love it. Uh... <laughs> I love it. I actually have a, a bit. It's a bizarre honorable mention for one year each, more specifically one series, both the San Jose Sharks and Nashville Predators because they did not defeat the Penguins in the Stanley Cup Finals. <laughs> like I said, it's, it's a bizarre one, but because yeah. they did not defeat the All Penguins, right. they're on a, a one-year list that I did not like. Them. My number seven. Only because more recently they've become irrelevant to me a little bit just because they fell off a bit. But the New York Rangers, they're my number seven. 
I know other people may have them higher because, you know, it's the Rangers and yeah. New York, Philadelphia, they have a big rivalry. Um, in all sports. Yeah, in all sports, even the ones where they don't play, really. Um, but, yeah, the I was talking about the Yankees. Yeah. Oh, I was talking about the Mets. No one cares about the Yankees and the Phillies. It's all about the Mets and Phillies. That too. But the Rangers, to me, obviously, the many years before, even the early 2010s when the Flyers – always struggle with them when McDonough was in his prime and shutting the Flyers down constantly Hank shutting down the Flyers constantly it's they've just always never been a top fan of mine yeah and you know they're getting back up there again for my hatred for them because of you yeah dumbasses on their team um what's your number seven I actually just switched mine uh, I, I switched my seven and six around. I just my did number, that. Yeah. My number seven team is the Washington Capitals. Okay. Again, kind of like you with the Rangers, they're kind of falling off a bit. They had some good moments, but it's not really the same. Their rivalry is kind of dying a bit. It's still they, there. They, it's still there, but it's not nearly the same. Jeff, um, Jeff, 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 Jeff. Is the team with Tom Wilson number your seven? Oh, you, Mike, you had to remind me about that guy. Yeah, I he's did. all Tom Wilson alone's on my number one spot. He, he's an individual player along with him and some other guys are technically my true number one. But as a team, he's he's they're they're down. He he's he's off on his you. own. He's you. on his own list. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But as a team, though, Washington, they're just I don't have the same hatred for them as I used to yeah um yeah my number six you might not agree with me on this one but I want to see I want to hear who you have for six first I have the devils as my number six and as uh, always I mean whenever the flyers have played them it's always been a bloodbath and again they're yeah that have always been bored when the flyers watch them even though True. it's a little exciting because you know that's the one where they keep having that little Rivalry going, there's a bunch of fights or yeah. something big happens, big hits, big something. Fucking last that not last year, the year before the hit on Nolan Patrick. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously the biggest hit on fucking Lindros back in the nineties. Yeah. That that's um, why they that's why they moved up. You mind you you were talking before about welcome. the Montreal one and that got me thinking yep. about uh You're welcome. That one. My number yep. six, you probably don't agree with me. You probably have them higher. I'm guessing in your top three, Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Obviously, 2010, but also they they're just in during their, their prime in you know the the three cups in what six years or whatever it was five years even I think it was just so frustrating and annoying hearing every year. Blackhawks are going to the conference finals. Blackhawks are in the uh, Stanley Cup finals. Oh, Blackhawks win again. Well, then you also had, obviously, Edzo, who's Blackhawks. And then you also had Pierre, who would always suck that dick of the fucking Blackhawks. Well, Ed, all right. I, I got to, you know, I'm a little bit biased. I love Eddie Olchuk. I think Edzo's oh, I think, a great guy. I like guy. him, too. And yeah. But you can almost argue that Jonesy's the same way. You know, he's an NBC oh, no, sports I'm analyst. Just saying before yeah. then, nowadays, he's a lot more... Um, unbiased okay all right i i can kind of see that that's fair. i was saying back in the days of when they were really in their prime the nba right, there fair. were a that's lot fair. more moments of a lot of 
where he, he was a little bit of a homer. Yeah, a little bit. Okay, that's fair. Um, but but yeah, also, I, this too, yeah. real quick, uh, it sounds like he may be a, fi- a favorite for that uh, GM Pan- job. Florida, Florida Panthers GM job, which is interesting. Also, it's Which may also bump up, be, which could bump up Keith Jones to his spot. Which would be kind of cool. Jones, he does such a great job. And he does. He's been doing a great job with the Flyer series. So, mm-hmm. um, who's your number five? I technically don't have one right now. I have my top four set, but number five, I technically don't have one right now. But who's yours? My number five is the Washington Capitals. Obviously, okay. Tom Wilson and all that. They yeah. just they just annoy me, the stuff they do, the team himself. Yeah, that's fair. Um I got rid of I Kevin, don't... so my laugher is gone. But they do have, they do have <laughs> Franco Gutis, so they have that I going. Love it. I like that. I mean, he's going to be gone soon, too. So I know. Yeah. Um, and also, the, I, the I obvious really one of a... yeah, Tom Wilson there. You know what? I'll, I'll put it this way. I'm going to put my number five as just players all in one spot. Tom Wilson, Matt Cook, uh, Ryan Reeves, um, Corey Perry. Uh, I'm trying to think of mainly those four guys. You know, Matt Cook's been around for years. Anton Roussel. Oh, he's a good one. Uh, probably Jay Beagle on that list as well. Um, Matt Martin, Leo Komarov. A lot of anchors out there in the league. You know who you are. You you take up my number five spot for mm-hmm. the top ten most hated teams. I know what I said, but you individually fill in that number five spot for What's me. What's your top four if you can't think about five? It should be obvious at this point. It should much. be, but I have a question mark on. Okay. Uh, All right. Uh, uh, do we we got to your five right? You see caps, right? Yeah, so the caps. Who's your four? I have the Islanders, which should obviously be obvious at this point because I've grown this test for this team because of Lou Lamarillo. Your yeah. team has always been a laughing stock in the league, pretty much. Outside of those four years you won in a row, yeah. even then you had some ownership sketchiness going on there. Yeah. Time. If you want to check um, that out, there's a good 30 for 30 on that one. Um, uh, so, oh, by the way, that is actually – you're talking about the Islanders 30 for 30, right? Yeah. That's such a – I'm not going to lie. I've been watching hockey all my life and everything. I never even knew about that 30 for – or just that scenario for – or yeah. scenario. That situation for the Islanders that happened uh, with that old GM literally until I watched that 30 for 30 for the first time like a couple months ago, and I, it blew yeah. my mind. Yeah, it, 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 it's such a great uh, thirty for thirty. Very well done. It's it's awesome. I mean, uh, you, used to be, f- you used to be funny. I old Islanders like signing Rick, Nick Pietro. Pietro Words. Know? Yeah, they're hard. Um, <laughs> but now you're just annoying. Lou Lamorello makes me even angrier because you put fucking Matt Martin in there. You're playing. You're not playing no adoption. Right. No sense. Uh, I'll put it this way. So you mentioned three teams now that are on your top 10 list that you actually hate. Yeah. For me, Columbus, Montreal, and New York Islanders, that is currently, again, keyword currently, because the Islanders and Canadians, you know, back in the day, yeah, I kind of would hate them, but now it's whatever. Currently, I don't hate the Blue Jackets, Islanders, or the Habs. They are just annoying to play against. Their style is very (laughs) – what did you do? Nothing. What did you do? By the way, by the way, I did nothing. You have to send me that clip because I'm making that a GIF 100. percent No, you're not. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Come on, I got it. That, that was too good. 
the perks anyway, of being the person that's recording. I, I, I know. <laughs> I know. But hey, you got to send me that clip. Come on. You, you know what you got to do. Anyway, the Habs, Isles, and uh, Blue Jackets, they're just annoying to play against. I don't have anything against them currently. <laughs> Sorry. I can't even get through this right now. It's so great. Um, but would Lou, would Lou qualify as your players you hate in your last one? Player slash GM, yeah, yeah. Also with Peter Shirelli. Yeah. yeah. Fucked over fucking Paul oh, and, 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 and Mark Bergevin. Yeah. So all those guys are fit in for my number five spot. Uh, four? Number four, New Jersey Devils. Okay. I was wondering where history, they were. History, yeah, the the history of the Devils against them, their the rivalry, mm-hmm. it's been boiling and boiling throughout the nineties, early two thousand. It's still it died shows. down, picked back up, and now it's died down. It, it it's pretty low, but yeah. the rivalry it will always be there, just like it will be. And with honestly, the all these could easily change because most of these are because of how well the teams played. Because easily. In a couple yeah. of years, if Carolina keeps playing well, Carolina could easily be in our top 10. In your top 10. I love the Carolina Hurricanes, mainly because of Rod Moore, but I, I love Carolina. I, I, I can't hate them. Well, that's you. Uh, my number <laughs> three is the Chicago Blackhawks. Ah, I was waiting for that. Yeah. Uh, for obvious reasons, because I hate uh, Patrick Kane. Uh, yes. he oh, we makes know that. Me, oh, he makes me almost not want to root for USA. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'll USA. I'll put it this way. I'll put it this way. If scenario time, if the Flyers actually had the number one overall pick in 2007 and not second overall, and they drafted Patrick Kane and he played for the Flyers his entire career, probably would have won a cup, maybe even two, if he's on their team this entire time. No, no. you still hate him, yeah. All right, head ass, yeah, yeah. I can't do it. I can't like him. No, All right, an, that's fair. I think he's an asshole. He cherry picks. He's an asshole. All right. That, that, that's a respectful answer. I'm yeah, fine yeah. with that. Um, yeah. And obviously, um, tw- and obviously 2010. Yeah. Uh, we, we don't ever talk about that. Yeah. Anyway, number three. My, uh, you, you gave your number four, right? Yeah, I said the aisles. It was Islanders, right. Okay. My number three, again, the history and also because all I would ever go to are these games when I was younger, and I loved every second of it, the New York Rangers, number three. We, my dad and I, I he would always take my brothers and I to specific games. Mike would always go to – my brother would always go to uh, the games against Dallas Stars. His favorite player growing up was Mike Madonna. My other brother, Dave, his uh, team, he would always get – Games taken to were the Devils, so you could see Scott Stevens play, and also because uh, I, I, I know, no, I know, but also because those were good games to see. For me, it was the New York Rangers. We hated the Rangers with a burning passion back in the day, and oh my goodness, my my first ever game I went to in the, for the Flyers, February fourteenth, two thousand four, Flyers Rangers game, Flyers won six to two. It was – I still had the ticket to this day. Of course you do. One of the best days in my life. Shut up. Um, but that rivalry back in the day, not – and I'm not saying 2000s and everything, but I'm saying the 90s too. There were some vicious moments. Uh, I think they had some bad moments in the 80s together too, but it was more so 90s, 2000s. They had a really good rivalry. 
now that the Rangers are going to have the number one overall pick and make themselves a little bit more relevant now with most likely drafting Alexi Lafreniere, I really hope their rivalry gets amped up again because I, again, I love and will always respect Alexi Lafreniere. He's going to be a phenomenal, talented player. It, could, it, it will help this rivalry because the Flyers will realize how much of a pain in the ass it will be to, get, to play against uh, Lafreniere. So this is going to help spark that rivalry. Number two, Mike, go ahead. Pittsburgh Penguins. All righty. Uh, for obvious reasons, you know, Sidney Crosby. I think I just realized Afghani something. Malkin. I think we're going the same route here. Yeah. If, uh, obviously, uh, and my hatred for them has died down a little because Crosby has stopped the whining as much as he did earlier in his career. That's really why the hatred was there more so. They had a lot more asshole players that did dumb shit. Matt like Cook, Jane, who I will James Neal, uh, Matt Adams. Adams. I still hate or Craig Adams. Craig Adams, yeah. Uh, fucking uh, James Neal, who I just mentioned, who fucking blindsided uh, Sean Couture. Yeah, I, I hate James Neal. Uh, and always. Oh, he, I, he, I lied. Sorry, he's also on my list, by the way, at number five. Also, let's not forget uh, Jordan Stahl when he was on the. Uh, I don't Penguins. hate him. He just sucks. Oh, I know. I'm just saying when he was on the Penguins. He was kind of an asshole. He just sucked. I didn't like it. It's not that he was good. He just sucks. Yeah. Um, I I had a really tough time coming up with this, but the more I thought about it, the more I agree with you. Pittsburgh's number two. They are no longer number one because we now probably have the same number one team. We'll talk about it in a second. But for the Penguins, again, it was all about Crosby – and the hatred, because again, he wouldn't shut his mouth. He wouldn't stop diving. He wouldn't be. Oh, guess who does that now? Who's going to be biggest, in the next one? Yeah, he was the biggest pansy I saw on the ice, and was so frustrating, and Second he was so easy to hate. And he would do these little hacks and whacks. He would dive everywhere. Not only that, Malkin was a pain. He still is. I don't like Malkin. He's also number five on that list, by the way, um, along with. Who uh, this guy who's going to be on both our number one teams? He's on the number five spot. But also, there's a huge rivalry history between the Flyers Penguins all throughout, like ever existing. Uh, yeah. The Flyers, the Flyers have really handled the the Penguins and just dominated them for twenty or not twenty. I lied. That's no. But, uh, oh, 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 definitely less than twenty years. Whenever Mario Lemieux came in the league. That's when the rivalry forever changed because the Flyers, at a certain point, had not lost against the Penguins in like 10, 15 years. Every contest yeah. they won, and majority of them were blowouts because the Penguins were that bad. That one year they tanked to get Mario Lemieux. What do you know? That changed the the game forever for them and got, that rivalry. Then they got Yogs. Yeah, that that was oof, that was a game changing moment too. Alrighty. Number one time. Should be obvious at this point. Mike. The Boston Bruins. The Boston Bruins. Yeah. It's Brad Marchand. Taking over Brad Marchand. He's also. He's the number one one pansy for me because he does the same exact shit. I always, always, same exact shit. Crosby would do it. Yeah. But Crosby would do it earlier in his career. And that's the thing. does now, still. That's the thing. Crosby has. But he's matured. Marchand will never mature. No, but even. Who licks people in the face? Yeah, Melbury. Who when, does that? Yeah, Melbury's just. Oh, that's just his game. That's just part of his mo. Is like, what being an asshole? 
Just yeah, right. an asshole constantly? Ah, That's his MO? Ah, Got it. An asshole coming for an asshole. That's right. That makes no sense. Also, Pierre, I think Pierre had him in his fucking finalist for the Selkie. He did. That's so embarrassing. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Obviously, Pasternak's going to be the next person we hate just because he's going to be I... unbelievably good. Yeah, Pasternak is just too damn good and just, uh it's... It just sucks that in a fuck in a couple years for him that uh you know he might not have such great line mates. Nah. Which is great for us, not so great for Boston. Uh, right, because again, make- Bergeron's a couple years away from retirement, mostly. But I say, how uh, how many more years for Bergeron? Do you say what four at most? At most, maybe a year or two left for uh, Chara. If not, that I'd say a year for Chara. He, he's he's gotta be done. He's gotta be yeah and let's remember all the people that could have gotten in 2015 sebastian ajo matthew barzell <laughs> they really i'll put it this way they had three first round picks in that loaded draft they came away with actually one good player other than that nah yeah compared to everyone else in that draft he's not as great as those other guys came out of that draft the one gathered that they got that was good yeah, it's just again looking looking at their picks. They had overall they had they, they had three better picks, se- they had three picks in a row, 13, 14, 15. And guess who went 16? Matt Barzell. Uh 13, they t- took Jake uh, Zborl, who's still in not in the NHL. 14, Jake Debrusque is great. 15, Zach Zanishin. Um uh he hasn't played in the NHL yet either. Here's all the players who went after those guys. Kyle Con- – oh, sorry, Matt Brazell, Kyle Connor, Thomas Shabbat, Evgeny Sveshnikov, the brother of Andrei Sveshnikov. God, that's our name to say. Joel Erickson, Matt, Colin White, Ilya Samsonov, Brock Besser, TK, Jack Roslovic, uh, Noah Julson, Jacob Larson, Anthony Bavillier, Gabriel Carlson, and Nick Markley on the first round. They got better, so again, they got better people in the second round than they did in the first round. <laughs> They got Brandon Carlo in the second round. Yeah, they got better people in the second round. Than they they got Jacob Forsback and Carlson, uh, who both, uh, you know, he, he also traded, they traded them, him away. Yeah, but I, I just don't get I what don't get they were either. doing. Well, they traded a third-round pick for Zach Renato, so. That will forever, forever be one of the worst trades I've ever seen. Yeah. By the way, who gets rid of Dougie Hamilton? Uh, uh, we can we can do a whole podcast on that one, Jeff. Tyler Sagan, Blake Wheeler, Joe Thornton. Oh, if you go oh way back. Tyler Sagan because he didn't fit the culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Genius. Got it. Got it. Love it. Love it. Maybe you could be the lightning right now if you didn't do all that shit. Yeah, I will say though they have a, some good pl- oh some of their very good players on some cheap contracts. Toronto Maple Leafs, you gotta learn a thing or two. Don't sign everyone that's a good player to ten million dollar contracts here. Well, they're set for a while. A B so. contracts per year. They're set. For they a while. are, but yeah. Anyways, anyway, uh, that's all I got for today, that. Mike. Yep. I'm about you. Nope, we got nothing else. There we'll you see go. how the Flyers do tonight in a couple hours, in about four hours to be exact, a little less. Uh, and we'll see you Tuesday. I've got a story for you guys of our worst reverse moments. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. For that. <laughs>